Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Welcome to episode five of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Richard. And I'm Elizabeth Richard. And it's a pleasure to have you guys join us for uh, yet another episode. And uh, before I go on, I just want to mention that we've been looking at our stats. Yes, we do that sometimes. We look at our stats because we're curious to know who's listening to us. And uh, we were surprised to see the number of people who listen to us from Pennsylvania. So we wanted to give you guys a special shout out. A special shout out <laughs> to the people of Pennsylvania. There's a huge number of people there listening to us for some reason. I don't know. Like there's there a couple of churches that's been exchanges <laughs> exchanging the podcast or what. But hey, it's great to have you with us. So today's show is going to be a little bit different from what we usually do. But remember, thriving on purpose teaches Christian entrepreneurs how to thrive in life and business. And today's show is definitely about life it's a slice of life okay and it's a, it's for men so i'm telling you right away it's for men okay and by no means if you're a lady just stick with us you'll love this okay because my wife's going to pitch in she's going to give her opinion about the subject but also if you're a lady and you're married or you're in a relationship you're going to love what we're going to have to say today and you might want to share it with your spouse your loved one or maybe even your brother or father because this is really good stuff. So the title of today's podcast is Nice Guys versus Good Men. Because there's major differences. How do I know? How do you know there's major differences, Sebastian? Well, here's the thing. I'm working very hard towards becoming every day a good man. Uh, and I'm 43 years old. And I've been working very hard since I was around maybe 21. So that gives you a pretty good clue how long I've been working at this. And why do I say I'm working hard towards becoming a good man? Because I don't consider I'm quite there yet. And I think it's something we have to work at all of our life. Okay, I don't think any good man out there says, I'm a good man or, or, or thinks of himself like I've achieved it. It's not something you really achieve. There's no bar really that's uh, okay. I've reached a certain level. Yes, you can always get better at it and improve. But it's something you'll probably improve till the day you die. Right, Liz? Right, absolutely. And I've seen the, uh, the evolution. <laughs> As a wife, I've seen um, my husband go from nice guy to a good man every day, uh, striving for more. So I uh, really recommend that you guys listen to this podcast. I think you're going to get good insight. And uh, for women as well, I think that uh, this will add a lot of value to your lives. Yeah, well, like Liz said, um, I started out as a nice guy in life. And the reason for this is has a lot to do with what we're taught in church, right? I mean, someone once joked, uh, I read a quote somewhere, it, said, it was pretty good, pretty spot on about life in church. It said something around, around those lines. It said, church is a place where nice people gather around to hear a nice man talk to them on how to be nicer to each other. That kind of sums it up. And, and when you grow up in that setting, oftentimes 
you pretty much equate being a good Christian, a good Christian man, with being a nice man. And as we're going to see as we move forward in this teaching, or what we're actually sharing today, it's more like a sharing than a teaching, but um, there's a huge difference between being nice and being good. See, when I was young, I was very idealistic and very naive at the same time. So what, what ended up happening, I was very, very nice. I was so nice that I was actually too nice. And I thought that the nicer I was, the more godly I was. That, that's a huge mistake. And I'm not, I know for a fact that I'm not the only guy who's done that mistake, the, the only guy in church anyway, who's done that mistake. So what ended up happening? Well, my naivete uh, mixed with my not wanting to displease people made me get kind of like abused. Yeah, people in church can abuse you. Are you shocked? <laughs> no, I'm sure you're not shocked because, yeah, we're, the churches are composed of human beings, right? And sometimes there's bad things happen in church. Bad, th bad things get done by good people. So I got abused by women. I got abused by definitely by the world and even pushed around in church. But thank goodness I grew out of it. Why? Well, because I finally understood what was going on. I, I understood that I was trying to be too nice and not good enough. Uh, so in other words, I wasn't focusing on being a good man. I was focused on being a nice guy. Um, I have a little story. A uh, few years back, when I was living in Quebec, we had a next-door neighbor who was an elderly gentleman. And uh, sometimes when I was outside working the yard, whatever, we would take the time to chit-chat over the fence, kind of like uh, <laughs> Tim in the Home Improvement with, what was his, what was his name behind the fence? <laughs> anyway, that guy. The guy we never saw Wilson, <laughs> Wilson that's, what, that's what his name was. Well, it was kind of like that. We'd chit-chat and everything. And every, th every time we finished a conversation, that elderly gentleman always looked at me and he said, all right, be good. And he would leave on that. That was his way of saying, okay, bye-bye now, take care. <laughs> and he would finish by saying, be good. And I, I think those two words were very interesting. I mean, even looking back, I remember at the time, I was like, why does he tell me that? Does he think I'm not good? <laughs> but I knew that he, he knew better. So I kind of equated it with, with a, a nice admonition or a nice exhortation for a young man my age. At the time, I was, I don't know, 35 or so. So today, we'd like to, in this podcast, address the differences, and we listed 10 of them, but of course, there might be more, the differences between nice guys and good men. So the first point is nice guys are insecure, good men are confident. Mm. What defines a good man is twofold. So I'll let you explain a little bit about that. Mm, yeah. It's twofold. So the first uh, side of a, the first thing, the first, first quality of a good man is that he is righteous. Mm -hmm. Okay, a good man is righteous. That goes without saying. You cannot be a good man if you're not righteous. But keep in mind, by, by righteous here, we don't mean perfection. We don't mean a man who never sins, a man who's perfect. No way. I mean, for example, in the scriptures, David was a man after God's own heart. In other words, in other words, he was righteous. Okay, but we also know from Scripture that he was an adulterer and a, a murderer. He was far from perfect. Uh, and if you don't believe me, go read Psalm 51, where he actually repented of what he did with his sin with Bathsheba and, and Uriah. And uh, that, that Psalm is really good uh, to keep that in mind. 
Number two, uh, the number uh, two, I guess, quality you could say of a good man is that he is confident. So first of all, he's righteous. Second of all, he's confident. And what do I mean here? I mean confidence in God first and foremost, but such confidence in God that he, it makes you believe in your own abilities that God gave you. So everybody's given abilities and potential by God, but men who are confident are confident in the God who made them and also in those abilities that God gave them. And I think that's the main difference between good men and nice guys. So the two things, righteousness and confidence. Nice guys always have a big problem with their self-confidence. Uh, sometimes they, they may have great confidence in God. I mean, I've seen plenty of nice guys who believed in God very much. But when it came to their own abilities and their own potential, they just, uh, they, it, it, it didn't happen. They just didn't have that confidence. So what ended up happening is that they didn't quite make it to, I guess you could say, good man status, or they just stayed a nice guy, you know? Uh, there's a, a verse that, that we uh, know and love uh, in First Timothy. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. So when you take these three things into account, power, that's the spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. I think those three put, those three put together really make for a good man. Absolutely. That's actually one of my favorite verses. And I read that many, many times as a woman. Yeah. Um, you know, with uh, different things I was going through when I was younger, this really um, inspired me because... Um, you know, as as young, when you're young, you you do have a lot of fear, and you do, you have to keep that in mind. You know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, so we're supposed to be confident in Him. And um, you know, a lot of what this first point, a lot of what we're mentioning, um, if you're a young entrepreneur, if you're a young person, then obviously you will be more insecure. This will take time for you to become confident. But I think it's really good for you to focus on what the Bible says um, about this verse because mm -hmm. if you focus on uh, your the abilities and the potential and your purpose and what God has given you as qualities you realize that there there's a bigger you're like this vessel that God wants to use yeah and if you have that in mind it doesn't really matter your age it doesn't matter you know, girl, uh, man, or woman. Yeah, exactly. Um, it applies to women too. Yeah, you you can apply this and ask God. You know, what what do you want me to do with my life? How can I be of use to you? And um, when God reveals these things to you and gives you that, um, you know, that gives you those of, confirmations inside yeah. of you, and different things happen in your life that confirm confirm that then you become more secure more and you secure. become more confident and the more you walk with him and apply what he's asking you and take action uh you will be more confident so that Definitely. insecurity of being you know the nice guy that wants to be loved by everybody goes away because you have this purpose and this um, the sense you know, of who you are. The sense of who you are and what you need to accomplish for God that's stronger, that that's what's leading you. Yeah. So therefore, you know, God will give you that confidence and he'll show you. you know, the more you walk with him, the more you do what he asks of you, 
as an entrepreneur, the more confident you will be. The more you face your fears, whether like yeah, whether in life absolutely. or as an entrepreneur, the more you face your fears, the more it builds up your confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, by the way, we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but uh, that first point applies greatly to men, but also greatly to women. And as you will see, as we go through these 10 points, many of them apply to both sexes. But this is an episode for men, like we said before, and we find that the whole of it really fit well with manhood. But women, ladies, you'll see. I mean, from point to point, there's going to be some you'll be like, hey, that's me, you know, even if you're a woman. So number two, nice guy. By the way, this number two, I really think this is the crux of it, okay? Number two, nice guys aim to please people. Good men aim to please God. And I think that that one really sums it up. Um, good men fear God. Nice guys fear men. If you're going to remember anything from this podcast, remember this. Good men fear God. Nice guys fear men. And in the classic book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis, there's a, a quote from that book that says, He who neither cares to please men nor fears to displease them will enjoy great peace. And the reverse is also true. If you try to please men and you don't focus on pleasing God, guess what's going to happen? You will not know peace. You will not have peace. So I think that's huge. Absolutely. And also when you're you're raising children, it, it brings to mind like my son, uh, Jason, he's nine years old. And a lot of times we'll discuss um, different things that he's done at school. And and sometimes I'll, I'll tell him, you know, do you realize that God is watching you? Like when you say this certain thing or you react in this certain way, whether good or bad, God sees you. And I think, you know, kids... I need to be reminded of that because they forget they don't see God so they don't always think about it mm -hmm. and his face kind of changed and he goes oh like it's true you know like even if my parents aren't watching me constantly yeah. um, God is and he does see everything I do and I think if we have that in our minds as entrepreneurs to always think you know am I am what what I'm doing in my business what I'm doing in my marriage is that pleasing God mm -hmm. uh, if we always have that back in check in our minds I think that we're gonna move forward in a different way yeah and I, I think that angle is awesome and especially if you're like if you're a dad and you have a young daughter around 16 17 years old who began dating tell <laughs> that to her date when he comes and picks her up say remember God sees you if I, even if I don't. <laughs> so that'll work with teenage boys as well as young boys, your sons at home or daughters at home. Okay, number three. Nice guys lack character. Good men have strong character. So what is implied here by character? What do I mean by character? Does it mean like, because in French we have an expression, uh, that says, Yo du caractère. In other words, that's kind of a way of saying he's got character. In other words, that means uh, he's abrasive, he's uh, willful, he's uh, uh, kind of like rubs people the wrong way. So it's kind of pejorative when we say that in French. But here, having character doesn't mean that at all. In fact, strong character should never be associated with being harsh in any way, shape, or form. So, I have an example here for the guy. Look, guys are going to love this. 
If you, like me, grew up in the 1980s and you were a fan of toys and you were a fan more specifically of Transformers, well, you probably grew up watching them on TV, watching Transformers on TV. And if you're a boy like me, probably your favorite Transformer was none other than Optimus Prime. And here's, here's why, okay? What did we like about Optimus Prime? He had character. And what I mean by character is exactly when you remember, if you remember that Optimus Prime uh, character on TV, you know exactly what I mean. And Peter Cullen was the voice actor who voiced Optimus Prime all these years and still does to this day. I think he's 74 years old now. He still does the voice of Optimus Prime. And if anything, more than the look of Optimus Prime, I think it's the voice of Optimus Prime that really made an impression on me growing up as the voice of leadership. I mean, you're 10, 12 years old, you probably don't have any experience with leadership unless your dad's an entrepreneur or your dad's a CEO. And if that's not the case, Optimus Prime was it. I mean, that was the influence you saw on TV every day with his booming voice and it also his loving heart. I mean, I know it sounds kind of weird to say that, but Optimus Prime, had, he was the, the package. And I have a clip that I really want to share with you guys today. It's a little treat that I say, okay, since guys are going to listen to this show, I think they're going to really get a kick out of this clip, which is actually Peter Cullen, who was recorded on stage in Calgary at a Comic-Con. And uh, he was basically talking about his audition on how he got the part for Optimus Prime. So have a listen to this and we'll talk about it later. Anyway, I was one of many guys that read for the part of Optimus Prime, and uh, uh, I had no idea, you know, what, what, what it was all about. It was a truck that talked. <laughs> I, I was, my brother and I were living together at the time. I, I, perhaps there's a few out here that would know the story, but my brother Larry was a Marine uh, who fought in Vietnam, and he was an officer and he was given the bronze star for valor, a couple of purple hearts. Yeah. And Larry was 13 months older than me, and he was my hero since we were growing up as kids, and uh, six inches taller, by the way, and he, he did everything. I mean, he played professional football as well before being in the Marine Corps. And uh, when we were living together in Hollywood, uh, I was going through a little change in my life, and uh, he asked me, you know, I said, Peter, where are you going? I said, I'm going to uh, an audition. He said, yeah, what are you auditioning for, Pete? And I said, well, I'm auditioning for a truck. <laughs> a truck? <laughs> hey, that's great, I said, but he's a hero truck, Larry. He's a, a hero truck. No, what I mean is he's, uh, I don't know much about it, Larry. I just know he's a truck and he, he's a leader. He's a hero. And I was, you know, getting a little nervous and wanting to get in the car and get out. And he said, Peter, if you're going to be a hero, be a real hero. And he got very, very calm. And he said, uh, don't be shouting and posing and pretending and yelling and acting tough. 
He said, heroes don't do that. He said, if you're going to be a hero, be a real hero. Be strong enough to be gentle, you know, and be humble, be courageous, be proud, etc., etc. And those words hung on me. I get a little... Anyway, they were, it was so important to me, and I thought about those words when I went to the audition. And uh, when I got into the uh, little cubicle, I had the, uh, the pages in front of me, and I had gone over them, but I hadn't done my voice for them yet. But I just remember Larry saying, Peter, if you're going to be a hero, be a real hero. Be strong enough to be gentle. And I just took that softness into the microphone and I... My name is Optimus Prime. And then I read. Okay, so you heard the clip. You heard Peter Cullen talk about the whole process of, of, of the, uh, the interview. And it's such a good story. It's not the first time I've heard it, by the way. You've said it time and again. But didn't you just love his brother Larry? I mean, this Vietnam vet who is tough as nails, a huge piece of a man, strong like a truck, basically, who says to his brother, hey, be a real hero. Be strong enough to be gentle. Be understanding, be compassionate, and be able to kick ass in a good way. That is what I mean by character. It's that blending, that package, that what makes a real man, right? Absolutely. And you know, I really liked when you um, added Optimus Prime in, in the book you wrote, Lead Like a Superhero, because uh, you really did a good example of how to, you know, how he uh, shows leadership and his positive qualities. And I remember when I was a kid, um, I usually watch girly, girly shows, but my sister would put on Optimus Prime once in a while. She was a little more of the tomboy. And I remember watching it with her and really liking Optimus Prime because that really represented for us a father figure. Exactly. As a girl, we were yeah. watching him like, wow, this is this awesome, soft, strong leader that has such confidence and he's not, you know, um, we not, didn't feel endangered. We yeah. felt like he, he really had everything under control. And um, it, it, that's the, the image that we had. And I think that girls uh, seek for that, you know, in a father figure. Mm. Um, and as they're growing up, that's the kind of father they want, right? Yeah. So, so when we talk about character, that's what I mean. That's the, the kind of, of course, you can, all, I could have said Jesus anytime. I mean, Jesus... Uh, there was a time and a place, and if you read the, the Gospels, there's a time and a place in his ministry where he could be tough as nails, and but most times he was more of a gentler nature, and it, it was that whole package the same way. But I know you guys know Jesus, right? I, and I know the Jesus that's been taught to you in church that was maybe overly nice and not the whole package of what we read in Scripture, so some parts are kind of left out. Uh, about Jesus. And, and by the way, if you guys want to read an interesting uh, article, it's a blog I wrote called The Six Toughest Sayings of Jesus, which would put that maybe in perspective, the other side of Jesus that is kind of neglected sometimes in church teachings. So remember, there's a time and a place to be nice, but being good is a full-time job. All right. 
Number four, so we're up to the fourth point. Nice guys get pushed around. Good men are respected. Now, this is an interesting uh, point. Good men are respected because people sense who they are and good men have a good sense of who they are themselves. So people respect that. People sense that. My mother used to tell me that one of the hardest things in life is to respect yourself. So basically what she meant was that uh, living for the opinion of others uh, is for cowards, but not living for the opinion of others and not fearing to be disliked takes guts. Um, there's things you're going to make decisions in life, you're going to decide on certain matters that might make you a few enemies. And uh, if you want to be respected, make those decisions anyway, even if it means you might not be liked. Because I'll tell you something, I've met people who didn't agree with what I taught or what I stood for as a Christian. But in, in private, they told me, I respect you. I don't believe what you believe, but I respect you. And you know what? That meant volumes to me. When I was told that uh, by a friend at work once, he said, uh, I don't share your beliefs. And to be honest, uh, I really dislike the church. But he said, I, if I was going to trust one Christian, I would trust you because I know you're honest. Because I was honest enough to basically show my vulnerable side, the, the side that didn't have all the answers. Sometimes we Christians act as we have all the answers. And uh, it's not always... It doesn't always go the right way with people. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point that you mentioned um, because, you know, as a, from a woman's perspective as well, from, you know, being married to a man that gets pushed around, that isn't respected, um, sometimes it, it hurts. It hurts us when yeah. our husband does not respect himself enough to, um, you know, talk to his boss in a, in a yeah. certain way um, if there's something that he doesn't like or that he doesn't agree with uh, immorally or you know affects his integrity um, there's all, all kinds of reasons in business that you would you know need to to show that you want to be respected mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't understand how to be respected but yeah. I think it's really showing your values and and standing for your beliefs and your integrity and I'm not saying that you have to tell everybody at work that you're a Christian all the time. I'm just saying that, you know, if you know something's morally wrong or unethical, there's yeah. a lot of business decisions that aren't always ethical or or have integrity in them. Um, I think that's important. That's a good way to show that you're a good man. And um, as well, when you're married to somebody, um, you know, if, if your wife sees you get pushed around and always be a carpet She's for your boss, respect for you. yeah, because you just don't want to lose your job or you, you don't, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you don't feel that you measure up or that you deserve to be respected. That affects the couple that affects the way she sees you. So yeah. remember that as well, when you're married, that it's important to, to stand up for your values also for your wife. Yeah. Um, and that self-respect part is huge. I mean, who would respect someone who doesn't respect themselves, first of all? I mean, that's just logical, right? Um, and, and I remember back when I was a nice guy, way before I met Elizabeth, I was part of a church. I'd been a member there for about five years. And, and they had a, a quote-unquote ministry, which consisted of cleaning the church. 
which also consisted of cleaning the bathrooms and the toilet bowls. <laughs> um, I've got nothing against a pastor or church board that will call on voluntary people to do this, say, look, we have a need or we don't have the money to pay for a janitor yet and we have a need to, to clean the church once a week. If people want to come and help, we really appreciate it. That, that's, that's fine and dandy. But in that particular church, we were put on a list. Uh, everybody was assigned to a, grew, a cleanup crew, if you will, and we were forcibly put on a list and they would give you the sheet and say, okay, you're, you're cleanup crew number five and your weeks are blah, blah, blah. And I felt that that was kind of wrong because um, I didn't see that as a ministry. I saw that more like a service. And uh, they made it pass as a, something that you did for the Lord, quote unquote, you know, do it for the Lord spiel. You've probably heard that uh, if you've ever been manipulated spiritually. And uh, although I didn't like it, since I was a nice guy and I was a people pleaser and I didn't want to displease anybody, I did it anyway. But if things were uh, today, I, I wouldn't see it like that and I wouldn't feel obligated at all to do it. And if I did it, I would do it out of a sense of duty, out of the goodness of my heart, but I wouldn't do it because people made me feel that I was supposed to do it. I don't know. I, I hope you guys see the difference here, right? The difference between doing good out of a sense of duty and out of because you want to help and doing it because you don't want to displease people and be seen in a bad light. Very different. And that's, that's why I did it. And, you know, I didn't, I wanted to impress the pastor. I wanted to impress the board of elders for future considerations because, hey, I, I, I was hoping I was, I wanted to use my gift. I wanted to preach. But that was just the wrong motive. I mean, basically, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And at the bottom of a toilet bowl was really the wrong place. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to number five. Number five, nice guys have a hard time finding a mate and good men get hitched. I know that sounds crude, but we're now talking about the infamous friend zone. And I know a lot about that zone. I was uh, an active member of that zone before I met Elizabeth. <laughs> I got fed up of it. And it's funny because I got hitched when I actually put up my big boy pants and said I've had it with the friend zone. And so it's like, I, I, I don't know if it was just that. I mean, God made me ready. There was a multitude of factors. But one of the things I remember was like, I've had it with the friend zone. I cannot abide in the friend zone. I, I'm not comfortable in the friend zone. And any girl who puts me there just told me she's not interested. I just took it like, like I made it a decision for myself to move on. If a girl put me in the friend, say, oh, oh, I see you as a friend. Fine. Next. I would move on to the next. I didn't waste time there. You know, I didn't become mean to the, the, the lady. I just like focused elsewhere. It's really funny that you mentioned the friend zone because <laughs> we actually use that term mostly to talk about the guys being in the friend zone because it's very common to see in the church, um, you know, a girl have several guy friends around and, you know, they're always, they all know each other. They all, uh, you know, have lunch after church together and know everything about each other. But the guy's always hoping for more and the yeah. girl's just, yeah, I'm getting to know you like forever. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's because the girls don't want to tell the guy, look, you're wasting your time. I mean, yeah. let's face it. The girl doesn't want to say that it's hurtful. It's mean. So let's just 
shove him in the friend zone and say, hey, we're just friends. But then the guy is getting mixed signals because if you're friends, that means she wants to hang out with you. So on the one hand, she wants to be around you because you're, hey, you're a friend. But on the other hand, she cannot imagine herself getting married to you or going any further in a relationship. Yeah, because it doesn't take that long for a girl to to realize if she wants to date you or not. No, really not. No. And, you know, the same thing works for women. And we don't use that term friend zone very much. But uh, a lot of guys will, you know, kind of string on some girls and be friends with them. And they have their eye on somebody else, but they're just friends and in the church with all these girls. And, you know, it's kind of this thing where everybody's kind of hoping and... No one's clear and to the point with mm. their feelings and, you know, says, makes that step. So I think that, you it's know. Again, again, it's the same syndrome. I don't want to hurt people. So we fail at being genuine and, and just saying, here's the deal, okay? It's never going to happen between you and me. Not because you're not a nice guy. Not because I, I don't think you're going to make a great husband to someone someday. But because I know in my heart that this is just not going to happen and I'm sorry if that hurts you. I mean, there's a way to say things. Uh, but again, I mean, that's not to, for the woman to take upon that responsibility. It's for the guy to put on his big, big boy panties and to realize that certain matters uh, need, not, need him not to uh, stay there. Like a self-respect, a good self-respecting man will not stay in a friend zone. Exactly. And a good man and a good woman will you know it's like they um they they have this perfume to them that's very attractive to yeah. people that are serious that do want to get married so if you respect yourself and um you know you're a respectful woman or a man you will get married because those people that uh, that other person that's meant for you will see those qualities in you mm -hmm. so you know, being in the friend zone forever, there's actually really no point to it. No. I'm not telling you you have to like go up to the first girl you see and say, hey, you want to go out with me? Like there is a, a warming up process yeah. that you do have to get to know each other as friends, but it doesn't have to last forever. Like I've known people that have like been in the friend zone for like over a year and they're still and waiting to yeah. ask for the person yeah. to go out. It's just, there's just no point to that. Exactly. Which brings us to point number six. Nice guys are not good leaders. Good men can be trusted with leadership. And here I want to be careful with the way that that's phrased because I don't want to, I don't want you to think that if you're a nice guy, you don't have any leadership ability. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when put in a leadership position, if you have the nice guy syndrome, you will still be stuck in that people-pleasing mode and it's going to make you crack. You cannot possibly lead if your aim is to please people. Okay? So that's a given. You're a nice guy. You're not leadership material. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt anybody. Now, good men can be trusted with leadership that doesn't mean that every good man out there is a great leader. What it does mean that it means that a good man, when put in a leadership position, can be trusted to do right by it. Okay, so here's the, the little subtlety between both. So even if you take a good man that doesn't have the best leadership ability, because he's a good man, he can be trusted with leadership. 
Okay, he might not be the best candidate for the job, but he's still a better candidate than a nice guy. Yeah, because at the end, you know, when it when it comes to leadership, the leader has to uh, make those tough decisions, and he knows that if he makes those decisions, he's not always liked for them. Sometimes he's downright hated. And but he knows that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So you know, even if it's in a tough situation. Uh, that he has to make this, he will do it. So that makes him a, a good leader to follow as opposed to a, the nice guy generally doesn't want to displease, so it doesn't make him a good leader. Okay, number seven. Nice guys offer to help in order to be liked. Good men offer to help out of goodness and duty. Now, this is the motive part. What motivates your heart? We've talked about that a lot so far. Nice guys want to please people. Good men do it more out of wanting to please God. Very different. Very different there. Uh, so the motive is crucial in defining the worth of the action. And the motive of a nice guy is not the same as that of a good man. When a nice guy offers to help, sometimes he might not even want to help. Sometimes he might do it just because other people are watching. And he doesn't want to disappoint. He doesn't want other people to have a bad opinion of him. On the, the same token, on like the different, the, the good man, when he offers to help, he doesn't care what other people around are doing, what they're thinking. He's just doing it because he sees a need and he's like, hey, I can fill that need. I want to fill that need and I hope it really helps. It's, it's like a, an inner uh, sense of duty sense to do the right duty. thing. Exactly. So there's a huge difference in the motive of help. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying nice guys always offer help to look good. I mean, a nice guy can offer help for the right motive. But if you take, if it's the guy, if the guy's in a crowd, gratification. yeah, it's gonna be more for, in a way it's selfish. In a way it's, 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 more, it's for self-image. Yeah, self-gratification. Yeah, absolutely. Number eight. Nice guys are priority challenged. Good men have their priorities in order. And this, again, is very important. A good man understands that, for example, God comes first, family second, and third, it could be country, job, uh, church. But it's in that order. He understands that God comes first at all times. His family is second at all times. And then whatever else he's involved in, in whatever order he might deem necessary. But see, the nice guy doesn't always do that. The nice guy will oftentimes, depending on the whims of the people surrounding him or the situations or whatever, he will get his priorities out of whack. He will be uh, unstable in all of his ways, like the scripture says, okay? Yeah, and I think that in, in marriage, this is really crucial to understand Um to have this as a priority as an entrepreneur, whether you're um, a woman or a man, because um, when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you can easily get sucked into the mode that your job and your, and your not your job, but what you're doing, your, your business, your entrepreneurial business is kind of sometimes can take number one or number yeah. two, and sometimes you'll put God, and then you'll put your business, and then yeah. the children, or you'll put the business first, and then if you have time for the, 
for God and then the children. You know, it's kind of like sometimes the priorities are out of whack. Mm. And I think that it's really important to find a good balance and to always keep God first in all in all that you do. Yeah. And then your children, your children shouldn't suffer because you're doing your business. And I know it's it's not easy. We're, an, we're a young entrepreneurial family too. Uh, our kids are three, five, and nine. And we have to work our business around uh, our family life yeah. and always keep God first at the center of everything we do. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our kids and when it comes to every move, every podcast we do, every book that we write, everything has to to be approved by God before we we move in that direction. So it's really important to understand this um, this pyramid. If you want to have success in your business, if you want to have success in your marriage, in your family life. If you want to be a good man. If you want to be a good man, a good parent, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it reminds me of a saying I heard in personal development. Oftentimes we make the mistake of taking what is urgent taking on that instead of sticking to what is important. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference between what is important and what is urgent. See, like God, family, those are important. Uh, Your business might require a lot of things that are urgent. And sometimes the urgency is such that we neglect what is important. We jump on the urgent, like, oh, quick, 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 we gotta do this, we gotta do that, while neglecting what is important. Um, if there's and if there's one thing I hate, uh, speaking of this uh, priority challenge, I think we've had in the last 20 years a lot of really good uh, examples on TV, and I shouldn't say good examples, I should say bad, bad examples, examples on TV, of idiotic men who were all, ironically, pretty much all nice guys who are doofuses in TV sitcoms. And I'm thinking about shows like Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, the other one is The Big Bang Theory that I cannot stand. I absolutely hate that show. I, it, it offends me just to see them on TV. I just want to slap them one after the other. But what the problem is... <laughs> yeah, you can laugh. <laughs> what the problem is with that show is they take effeminate, idiotic, priority-challenged men who are trying to be nice guys and they make shows around them. And unfortunately, a lot of women grow up watching those shows and when they meet guys like that, they think that's a man. That's a huge societal problem that that has crept its way into relationships, marriages. I mean, women today, they marry guys that are half men. More, oh, they might be muscular with tattoos, but inside they're half men. They're self-centered. They have, have no sense of sacrifice, no sense of duty, no code of honor. They don't love God. Yeah. And they marry these guys and they think they got the jackpot and you're like, wow, how far we have fallen. It's crazy. So yeah, so the priorities thing is huge. It's very important. And, and we, like I said, on TV, we've got a lot of examples of men with their priorities out of whack and what it does actually. Yeah, so um, 
we don't really promote usually uh, TV shows and stuff, but since we're on the topic, sure. Last Last Man Standing was actually a really good sitcom that we we don't watch much TV, but when we do, we really enjoyed it. Um, I think that there's a lot of good values there, and yeah. I really like the way the, the man... Um, uh, Tim Allen, his character is portrayed because I think that it's really it, it describes the show. Last, Last man, man standing. standing, he's standing up. You yeah, know? he stands up for what he's, he believes in. He, he and the family, he's got a backbone. The family's not perfect. There's nope. you know all kinds of situations that they go through, but I think it's a. a if you're gonna watch watch a sitcom that want that you want to laugh and yeah. and you know unwind, I think it's a, a very smart show to watch. And I hope that there's gonna be other shows like that that they oh, create because honestly, um, I I barely watch TV anymore because I'm I'm purely disgusted yeah. by most of the shows. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And earlier, well, you can only imagine if she doesn't watch TV. I don't watch much TV either because we work together and we're married and we have young children, so. You know, what one watches, pretty much the other one watches as well. But yeah, that said, we really encourage you to check it out if you want to see a good show. Number nine. Nice guys fear to speak up. Good men speak up when they have to. And here's the thing, okay? Uh, good men are not necessarily guys who uh, are necessarily very verbal. There's some good men who are more introverted, who don't talk a lot. I've, I've met some good men, really good men, who were very introverted, who barely spoke, but they were still good men. But the thing is, when the time comes to speak up, they do speak up. When they see an injustice, they mention it, they raise their hand, they bring it up. Whether it's a meeting, whether it's at work on the work floor, or, or whether in the office, or in their own business, if they're running a business, like you guys are probably running businesses, there's an issue, they're gonna mention it in a meeting, they're gonna take the employee aside, they're gonna say, look, here's what's not working right now, I wanna talk to you about this, it's been bothering me. They're gonna dare to speak up. The nice guy, again, because he doesn't wanna ruffle any feathers, because he, he's like, well, maybe we can just like let it slide, well, the problem is they let slide after slide after slide after slide, and it nothing just, changes. Nothing changes. It just doesn't work. So good men speak up when they have to. And uh, I've seen this firsthand in the workplace, and um, I'm not a man, but I'm a. I can be very opinionated as a woman, and uh, that's not true. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I've always with you know with tact spoken up and said what I thought could be changed or fixed and I know that that was very respected um, with my superiors because if it's done with tact and if they see that you're not you're not just this complainer you 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 address the problem but you find a solution to fix it they'll take you seriously and I think that it needs to be done more and more because um, you know, yes, maybe they won't take it seriously. Maybe they won't listen to your opinion, but mm -hmm. at least you tried. Yeah. At least your coworkers and those around you will see that you you did try. Yeah. So um, I've seen instances where Sebastian has spoken up at work and um, he didn't know where it was going to go, but he thought it was really unjust what the bosses, the superiors were making the employees do. And he did address the issue. He did... 
um, you know, try to find a solution. And the boss did take him seriously. And it made the working environment more less dangerous and better for people around them. Mm. And I was really proud that he did that. And I think that a lot of a lot more men need to do need to do that. You don't have mm. to be you know, uh, Optimus Prime, you can just, you know, ver- say your voice and yeah. say what you need to say and, and don't do it in a screaming tone in a high, you know, some people are yeah. very opinionated and they are too passionate about it, yeah. about the topic if you want. And it just makes them look, um, insecure and, uh, not, you know, they don't, people don't take them seriously. So yeah. just think about it f- beforehand and get your points across and, do yeah. it with tact. A quick story about that. When I was very young, uh, well, very young, I was maybe 20 years old. And I was working at a company and our boss over there was like 6'3", 250 pounds, huge man, huge booming voice, and he was an intimidating presence. And uh, I had made a mistake, a really bad mistake that uh, it was an auto parts dealership. And anyway, the the part ended up being crushed underneath a big pipe. So he calls a meeting to the front of the warehouse. All the guys are there, we're all around him, and he says, I wanna address something here. I'm gonna rip someone's head off with his booming voice. (laughs) There's something that happened here, and I'm gonna murder the person who did that. And I thought I knew where this was going and and I w- it was confirmed when he took out the box and he showed the issue at hand and he said this part is worth $250 it was crushed by this pipe now who's the idiot who did that I'll rip his head off obviously big boss 6'3 250 pounds didn't expect anybody to step up and say hey it was me <laughs> <laughs> but me I was working on becoming a good man at the time, from moving on to being nice guy to good man. I thought, you know what? There's no reason why I shouldn't just step up, get everybody off the hook, and take the take the burn for this, because it was actually my fault. And I was willing to take it off my pay if it was necessary. Anyway, I was just like, I, I have to assume myself, I'm the one who did that major mistake. So <laughs> the boss's name was Danny, so I stepped up. I said, uh, Danny, it was me. I raised my hand. And his face, he had to pick up his jaw off the floor. He was in such shock that I actually came up to him. He obviously didn't rip, rip my head off. I'm still here. I'm still alive and breathing. But he was just shocked and stunned. Everybody else was. Everybody was like in the circle. Were like their, their eyes bulged out. It was like, I can't believe he just did that. But I did that out of integrity and out of the fact that I thought, you know what? my bad, I have to step up. And I spoke up, I did it. And there were no consequences. He didn't take it off my pay. He just, he just like mumbled a few words saying like, well, uh, don't ever do that again. Okay, everybody back to work. And that was it. (laughs) He didn't expect that. He didn't expect that. I think he went in his office after that and I think he was like mulling to himself like he couldn't believe what just happened. But as a Christian, as a man working towards becoming a good man, that's what I felt was necessary at the time. Now, this brings us to point number 10. Nice guys avoid fights. Good men are brave enough to fight not only for themselves, but also for those who can't fight for themselves. Before I did this podcast, before I had the idea to bring up this podcast, I spoke to a a guy friend of mine and uh, 
I told him about the subject we wanted to, to address. And he says, oh, he says, that, Sebastian, that's a really great subject. And he says, yeah. and I said, I said to him, what do you think the main difference is? He says, you know what I think? He says, violence. I was like, what? He says, no, really, violence. He says, good men are willing to get their hands dirty in a fight if necessary, but nice guys wouldn't do that. And I thought about his statement. I was like, you know what? That's very spot on. That's very insightful. So I took it from my 10th point. I hope he doesn't mind if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a good man will be willing to be the middleman, to stand up between someone who wants to cause harm and people who could be caused harm too. He will be that middleman. He will interpose himself as, as the, the, the person to defend, the person to step up and say, no, that's not going to happen on my watch while I'm standing. You're not going to hurt my family. You're not going to hurt this poor woman. You're not going to hurt these children. I'm just going to be there and take you on if necessary, and I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, you, know, you don't have to be a martial artist to do that. You don't. You know. You just have to step up. Sometimes that might be a, a deterrent because bullies, as you know, oftentimes are very uh, big cowards. And when a man actually stands up, they may just give up right away. Other times you might get, you know, beat up badly. <laughs> but the point is, a good man will be willing to do that. He will have the heart to do that. And I think that's a huge difference also, a huge difference maker. Yeah, we hear so many stories about all kinds of awful things happening in broad daylight and so many men just, you know, not doing a, a, a thing about it. Everybody just staring and watching or not or pretending that nothing's happening. Well, around sometimes them. just in that case, and maybe speaking up or just standing up or being wi willing to, to, to fear, go forward. Yeah, right? Out of fear. Yeah. Like it's so easy today to just take out your phone that everybody has on them and just dial 911, do something, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying in the heat of the action, I would necessarily have the guts to do it. I'm just saying we should have the guts to do it. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you're a good man and you don't do it, you're going to live with that guilt afterwards. That's guaranteed. I think if you're a good man in your heart, um, I think that it will propel you when you do see something wrong. Like I've even seen it with Jason, you know, when if someone like picks on his sister or something like he gets, you can see it, it, it hurts his heart, his heart. And yeah. he really is like, yeah, but mom, you didn't see what they he they said to her, and you know, and he he wants to defend and protect, and he's you know, hit her yeah. her brother, and he's only three years older than she is, and yeah. so I think that and sometimes they're they're much older kids, and, and yeah. it's all to his merit, really. Yeah, I think it it goes a lot with your values and stuff. If you're gonna be a good man and stand up for for those around you that uh, are in danger or, or are in trouble. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well. Um, We've covered the 10 points and we really, really hope in our hearts that this podcast has encouraged you, if you're a nice guy, to quit this like a bad habit and really put all of your efforts into becoming daily a good man. Because this is what God wants for us. God wants us to be good men. God never called you to be a nice guy. I know you might have been conditioned believing that you might have heard a lot of teachings in church that seem to be pointing towards that but read your bible i mean seriously 
Moses, David, these guys, they, they were good men. They were not nice guys. Uh, even if they had their failings, even if they had their fears, they were still good men because they were willing to face their fears. And I think that's another major thing. Good men face their fears daily. Uh, nice guys basically don't. Yeah, and I think uh, it's really good that you mentioned David and there's so many others in the Bible. You know, when we talk about being a good man, um, a lot of people today think we're talking about perfection and we're no talking way. about a perfect man that has no flaws. But I hope that these 10 points uh, just, you know, help you see where the gauge is between the nice guy and the good man. And this is something that you work on every day as women do to be good women yes we work on this every day it's not something that like sebastian says that you're gonna you know wake up and say hey i'm a good man and i don't have any more work to do it's not you're gonna be working on this every day in personal development and spiritual development um to become better and better every day so if you're young and starting out in life a young entrepreneur uh, you're always going to see every other entrepreneur that's older than you, like, a, you know, so much farther than you. But it's one step at a time. You have to really take things one step at a time and yeah. just focus on yourself. Don't look at other people. Look at yourself. Focus on what God wants for you at this moment and pleasing God every day. Yeah. And um, in our in our show notes, um, yeah, we're if you go to our website, uh, Thriving on Purpose, Dot com. If you look at the podcast section, um, there's show notes and for this uh, podcast, and we give you recommended reading. So yeah. there's a few books that uh, Sebastian recommends that you read. Yeah. Well, um, I really like Stu Weber. He, he's a really good author and a speaker as well. And his ministry was uh, a lot uh, centered to, to men. Uh, he wrote two very good books that I highly recommend. One is Tender Warrior by Stu Weber. And the other one is The Four Pillars of a Man's Heart, uh, again, by Stu Weber. If you guys want to read a, a book that really shows that balance, uh, like we spoke about Optimus Prime, uh, Be Strong Enough to Be Gentle, well, Tender Warrior, that really sums it up, right? That Tender mm -hmm. Warrior, that's what God wants us to be. Uh, and I think it's really that perfect balance. Another great book for men who want to become good men, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Excellent book. Uh, I highly recommend it. So this concludes this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes so that we can read it. Um, we enjoy reading reviews and also you can sign up to our podcast so that you don't miss any new episodes. You can go to thrivingonpurpose.com on the front page and sign up so that uh, you can get our weekly episodes sent to you straight to your inbox. And um, if you have any questions for us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any comments um, on our front page, there's a section where you can uh, ask us questions and we'll be glad to answer them. So this concludes everything for this week. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Transform and roll out.
Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.